Let's talk digital. We are at the cutting edge of digital tweaks, changes, transformation. A local digital marketing podcast. Conversing with industry experts and giving excerpts about the exception. Hosted by Audrey Naidu. Sit back, relax, and I'm really looking forward to what's coming up in South Africa in the next couple of months and years. Hey everyone, welcome back to Let's Talk Digital. My name is Audrey Naidu. Today we are talking to Sebastian Patel, Chief Operating Officer and Co-Founder of Frank, which is a fintech startup in South Africa. For those of you who didn't know, South Africa has a thriving fintech industry underpinned by a sophisticated and supportive ecosystem. These are the entrepreneurial disruptors who have focused on consumer pain points and have developed simple solutions enabled by tech which eliminates the friction experienced in traditional financial services processes. Today we are delighted to be talking to Sebastian about his journey within this space. Welcome to the podcast, Sebastian. Thank you for making the time to be with us. Thanks for having me, Audrey. Lovely to be here. Yeah, um, today we are talking about fintech and what's happening in the South African market. Quite an exciting subject. Yeah, it's definitely a bit of an explosion in the last few years with the number of fintech businesses, especially in short techs. Uh, what we're doing, there aren't a lot of people trying to do, but yeah, in short techs definitely, and, and remittance, crypto, all that kind of stuff. Well, I can't wait for us to get into it, but before we start, I know you come from a corporate finance background and then uh, started off at NetBank in NetBank Capital, hey, in 2004. Um, can you tell us a bit about your journey? Yeah, sure. So I did a business science degree at UCT uh, in actuarial science. Never really did pure actuarial work. Um, went straight into banking, so uh, in NetBank's corporate finance team for the better part of seven years. And then I left to join one of my clients, which was a local investment management firm uh, called Brimstone. And I was there for uh, eight years before leaving in 2018. We are seeing a new generation of fintech startups in South Africa offering innovative services to consumers. Can you speak to us about this trend? How is this disrupting the current ecosystem? Yeah, I think mainly it's built off convenience, right? So, you know, a lot of the big financial services providers, they've got product that they've been trying to sell for a long time, but they some of them are stuck in the dark ages a bit. If you look at what people want now, just transact off, off your mobile phone, no need to sign PDFs, uh, you know, printing paper and all that kind of stuff. That's, you know, yesterday's stuff. So if you look at some of the insurtechs that are out there, you know, their pricing could be similar to the likes of uh, Suntum, uh, but you can transact off your phone, you can take a picture of your car dent and you can get done in, in a few minutes, you know. So people are willing to pay for convenience and for quality service. In terms of um, the growth in fintechs, are you seeing that it's growing? It's a growing entity? Yes, definitely. Um, South Africa, we are faced with a few challenges in terms of regulation and uh, general infrastructure. You know, the banks are where they are. They've built their legacy systems. But, you know, in order for fintechs really to thrive, you need the the underlying infrastructure also to be there. So South Africa is a bit behind with that. But that that said, we also have fintechs that are focusing more on the infrastructure as well as the product. You know, so both go in hand to hand. You said you are co-founder of Frank, uh, so maybe tell our listeners what is Frank and what inspired the idea. Sure. So Frank is an investment platform, really trying to make it as simple as possible for the everyday person to start investing. And it's an app at the moment, so app only. And the genesis of it is, so Thomas, who started it, he's my partner and co-founder. 
Uh, him and I are university friends, so we're at UCT together. He's an engineer. Uh, he was a glorified student for a long time. You know, uh, he did his PhD uh, in machine learning, and once he started working, he realized, okay, he needs to start investing. And when he was chatting to brokers, you know, they were providing him with quotes for expensive products that weren't really what he needed to be investing in. Um, also, at you know, at Discovery, he saw that products were sometimes made more complicated that they, than they needed to be. Um, and in my history, given that I've always been in financial services, I often had friends and family asking me for advice as to where they should be putting their money. You know, so when Tom told me about the idea, it made a lot of sense to me because it, it you know, it seems to be a problem for him, for the people that I'm associated with, that there isn't really a very simple solution for people to start investing. And investing is a problem in South Africa. You know, well, even across the continent, we estimate that. Half of adults save, but very few invest. And there's a fundamental difference between the two. You know, saving is where you're putting money aside for future consumption, whereas if you invest, you actually have the ability to grow your wealth. Yeah, I mean, you pick up a pertinent point there because according to uh, stats, South Africa is not a savings nation. Um, how do you see this impacting your business? If people are struggling to save, how will they invest? Yeah, you know, stats are sometimes, averages are sometimes a, a tricky thing. So depending on, on what articles you read, you know, you'll see that South Africa has actually a negative savings rate. But sometimes, you know, those stats are compiled using averages, right? So someone could be uh, saving 500 rand a month or whatever, and someone could be highly indebted. And the average shows that, okay, you have more people in debt than saving. But when you look at it, a lot of people are actually saving. They're not saving using formal methods, though, you know. They're either keeping it under a mattress, they're you know, using uh, their stock file in a bank savings account, which is also not a great option because of the fees. Um, so yeah, there, there are people that are saving and it's, it's our job to try and uh, get them to either save in a better way or start investing to earn a better return on their money. There is a perception that investments are for more the affluent market. Um, do you find this true? So that's exactly the stereotype we're trying to break. You know, if you look at our website, we actually say uh, investing is for is not only for people with suits and the suitcases type thing. You know, um, we need to break that perception. And I think recently, with what's going on uh, with you know the mobile explosion, with lots of interest in investing over the last couple of years, I think people um, are starting to understand that investing is important. If you look at, you know. Uh, Twitter, there's all sorts of financial influencers now. Uh, you know, a lot of people are engaging with them because they're really keen. Um, South Africa, Nigeria, Ghana, Kenya are all in the top six or seven countries in the world on Google uh, for the search term how to invest. So are you saying people need more education? Definitely. So th there's there's the willingness and the, and the uh, you know, they want to learn how to, how to invest, what investing is, but Previously, it was quite an opaque, difficult, uh, intimidating concept, and we're trying to really simplify it. Um, and, and we understand that as part of our job, financial education is a big piece. So coming from a financial services uh, industry, my experience has shown that when it comes to investing, people need face-to-face -face engagement and interaction just to provide that advisory service. Uh, if you are just an app-only service, how are you dealing with that um, advisory portion of it? So we are a robo-advisor, um, so we have digitized that advice piece. Um, obviously, you can't get it you know, entirely perfect through 
digital interaction because you also want to keep it as short as possible so that people you know actually complete the journey but not everyone needs to speak to a financial advisor you know some people just need to get pointed in the right direction to say okay okay you're saving uh, for your emergency fund this is the best place to put your money you're saving for something that's five years away this is the best place to put your money given your risk profile it's only if you really have a reasonably complicated um, you know portfolio list of assets then a financial advisor would come in uh, handy so i think you know the people that need a financial advisor are not really who we are trying to uh, target well a, a human financial advisor because we're just trying to get people to start investing you know okay so start start small you would say yeah so that's one of the things that we've managed to to uh, break through um so they the previous barriers that we saw uh, for people that wanted to start investing uh, were a lot of the product providers have high minimum investment amounts. So unless you've got the 10 or 20,000 Rand, you can't access the product. Mm. So we've taken minimums away. So, you know, we've got guys investing 10 Rand or 20 Rand on, on our platform. And also we then we've reduced the product complexity. So we've uh, distilled investing down in just to, to the two products, a cash fund for short-term investing and a local index tracking fund for long-term investing. Which brings me to the point, what happened in 2020 with COVID? Um, has it stunted your business or helped grow it? No, I think um, what we saw and what was the prevalent throughout um, other investment platforms uh, across the world. So there was a big spike in interest um, due to a few factors. You know, people have more time, uh, more time at home, more time to play on their phone, and they also realized that, you know, everyone says, say for a rainy day, and the rainy day came and people were ill-prepared. Uh, some people then, who were lucky enough to keep their jobs, then realized, okay, I should prepare better for the next time, you know, this happens and I can, you know, be in a better better place. So we saw a spike um, sort of uh, in April, which is the first full month of, of lockdown. That continued uh, for April, May, June, and then a further spike in July, August. And effectively that momentum has carried through for us. Um, what has been or still is Frank's biggest challenge in the market? So as a young brand, brand awareness is, is a big thing. You know, people are used to putting money with banks. They, they kind of trust the banks, even though they don't like them because of the fees and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, if you have the choice between a bank and a company, you, you don't know that well. A lot of people will go to the, uh, put their money in the bank, even though that's the wrong decision some, some of the time. So yeah, building up the brand, it's obviously gotten better as we've become older and people have seen more and more uh, of us. You know, our budget is also limited, so we can't, you know, uh, create TV adverts and billboards um, that would, you know, earn trust and brand awareness. But yeah, the the, the earning customers' trust is is a big piece, um, and you know, uh, funding the business is also uh, a challenge. Let's talk about funding. South Africa already has a number of fintech success stories. These include the like of Yoko, Time Bank, and Luno. These brands are at a more advanced stage than maybe Frank as a startup, having successfully partnered with big corporates, grown a large customer base, and attracted big investments. Also challenging the industry status quo. Was it difficult for you to get access to funding? I mean, who who have you... Uh, partnered with in terms of funding? So the answer is yes, it has been difficult. I think there's a general uh, understanding that early stage funding is very difficult to access in South Africa. Uh, there are some incubators and accelerators trying to do 
a good job, you know, plugging that gap. But everyone understands that uh, South Africa doesn't have that type of market like Silicon Valley potentially has. You know, there it's different because you have founders that have made money, uh, exited their businesses, and are funding smaller businesses. Where in South Africa, all of these companies that you mentioned, you know. Uh, they, they potentially still in their growth phase. Um, guys don't have the money to reinvest into into other businesses, which it can only get better as we have more success stories. Um, and our our investors are, you know, a few a number of local angel investors, um, some uh, Asian investors, um, and we try to keep ourselves uh, independent. So we haven't tried to latch on to any uh, financial services business at at the moment. Uh, that might change in future as we get bigger but um yeah some of the other uh, businesses like insurtex for example will partner with an insurance business who is their underwriter and they would buy into the business but for now we've tried to keep independent from financial services businesses i i understand that your frank has already won a couple awards yeah so we have been quite lucky uh, at the end of uh, well the first award was we were the seed stars startup of the year that was in 2018 um in 2019 we won uh, mtn's uh, best south african solution in the uh, app of the year awards um 2020 we won stuff magazine best financial app and then uh, along the way as well we've been lucky enough to participate in a few uh, programs so you know last year we were one of two south african companies that were part of the google africa accelerator and then more recently we were also involved in the grindstone uh, entrepreneur development program. I thought I read something about the the Google Accelerator program. Yes, yes. So that was the Google for Africa startups. We were one of uh, two South African businesses in that uh, in that cohort. They were mainly Nigerian and Kenyan businesses. Otherwise, in order for fintech to grow, what support are you getting from the industry players? So we have, like I said, we have been uh, fortunate enough to to be part of the Grindstone Accelerator. Um, that's not a fintech-specific uh, program, but we, because we are part of that, we get access to their network of uh, entrepreneurs and advisors. But then from a fintech-specific uh, perspective, we're also part of the AlphaCode uh, program, uh, which is funded by uh, RMI. But there the support is mainly, uh, you know, um, practical, like, you know, free office space and the like. Are you allowed to to tell our listeners to date how many people you've got investing? So yeah, <laughs> uh, we've got about uh, downloads should be about thirty thousand now, um, and we've registered close to twenty five thousand people on the on the platform. And you know, our our challenge is to try and get as many of them as possible to start investing. Seeing that you are a digital first proposition, how would you use? the digital ecosystem to try and market your brand. In what ways are you actually getting your brand out there? So all our marketing thus far has been has been digital. Um, on the paid side, we rely on, on Facebook and uh, Google ads. Uh, YouTube has also been quite good for us through the uh, what's called the universal app campaign. Uh, we also use um, influencers as well, but we rely heavily also on our content generation through um, our website, a blog, and we've also re- recently released what we call our academy, which is a portal with, where people can come on and try to learn things about um, investing. Okay, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've heard of the law of accelerating returns. How do you ensure that your technology is um, up to date 
um, you know, ever changing. Do you see that being a challenge or are you ready for that? So, yeah, I mean, that's why we have clever uh, people in, in our company. But mm. uh, just to give you an idea, we built the app on a certain framework. Um, so, yeah, we on sort of the Play Store and App Store, so iOS and Android. Um, the framework that we used initially uh, allowed us to deploy um, through one code base on, on both pe platforms, um, but it's become quite clunky and uh, quite buggy. So already we've had to migrate that onto a new platform that is a Google uh, product that will effectively future-proof the app. Um, so yeah, I mean, just to confirm your point, these things do happen when mm -hmm. you just have to be ready and it does take some time and effort away from the core product. Yeah, how do you use design thinking principles in your app and build up of that? Yeah, so I think it's something that we could be better at in terms of you know ideating, testing, prototyping and, and, and getting things done. And, I mean, that's the core philosophy of a startup, right? You need to, you know, as they say, fail fast, make sure you know what, what's, what's going to work and what's not going to work. I think that has been a bit of a shortcoming of ours, but we're trying to, we're trying to get better. Uh, but yeah, just try and, you know, learn from the feedback and, and implement what's working as quickly as possible and stop what's not working. Do you think that you are disrupting the, the current uh, investing model and that market and how should people be viewing investing going forward so investing for a lot of people has always been intimidating so we've tried to make it less intimidating and more accessible so that's primarily the disruption and as making it as easily as as easy as possible to become user friendly you know so that's the you know we're trying to break the stereotype but also make it very simple and, and an enjoyable experience for someone uh, to become an investor i was going to ask you how did you come up with the name frank so that that was uh, down to my partner, but he, um, it works on a few levels. You know, Frank is a unit of currency. Uh, we also want to, you know, cut the BS, so to be frank with our customers. And also, if we had to use a persona, it is someone, you know, close to someone's name. So you could use uh, Frank for that as well. Okay. So quite frankly yeah. said. <laughs> okay. So I think in, in terms of uh, your advice to other aspiring fintech startups and entrepreneurs um what advice would you give them look i mean they must know it's hard you know people say uh, like being an entrepreneur is great it is great but it, it also comes with lots of challenges and i think you know a lot of people have ideas i think the most important thing is to try and actually act on those ideas and even if it's a very uh simple uh validation that you that you're trying to do you don't need to build an app or you don't need to build a full website to test whether something is going to work. You know, you don't need to invest hundreds of thousands of rands uh, to validate a concept. I mean, I was in a uh, the Africa Arena event over the last few days and they had the founder of uh, Bottles, you know, the delivery app. And he was saying in their early days, effectively, they built the front end to take orders and then they effectively like called an Uber to go pick up the, the drinks and go deliver it to the customer. You know, so they, as long as a customer thinks something is working, uh, it's, you know, it's fine, but you need to sort of validate that, okay, you are going to get those orders. And if it does work, then you need to start building out uh, a better experience for your customers. But yeah, it's just like, you know, you can start small, make sure, you know, use your design thinking, just make sure it's working and then go from there. Okay. And where to from here for Frank? I mean, are you looking to expand to uh, outside countries, outside of South Africa? For now, we'll focus on, on South Africa. Um you know, in terms of 
our type of business, there is sort of regulation and licensing required. So our license allows us to operate locally. We potentially could partner with uh, someone like EcoBank to go into the rest of Africa. We are part of their fintech uh, fellowship program, but for now it'll be primarily be South Africa and maybe uh, adding a couple of more products. Okay, who would you say is your nearest competitor? So we've got a few. I mean, our main competitor for, for ourselves is like someone's bank account, right? Because so people, a lot of people have got money sitting in their savings account or their current account, mm. um, not earning any interest at all. Uh, even in, in a savings account, you know, you, you think you're, do, you're doing a good thing, but it's earning like half a percent a year. And by the time you add on your bank fees, you're actually losing money over time. So just to get that apathy and education uh, around people, you know, moving money from that into an account where you actually start earning uh, a decent return on your money. And then also, uh, obviously, to a large extent, um, platforms like Easy Equities, 22.7, Outfest. I mean, some of them are targeting different LSMs. Some of them are targeting people that actually want to uh, trade shares. But these are all f- uh, platforms that are attracting investment money. Okay. In closing, what would you like to leave our listeners with? Well, I think, you know, if you are interested in investing, uh, please check the app out. You know, like I said, we think investing is, is for everyone uh, that has a bit of cash over at the end of the month to spare. The one stat we always pull out is like salary inflation in, in South Africa is, is a few percent, whereas, you know, the, the JAC has earned probably 13 to 15 percent a year over the last 20 or 30 years. You know, so if your money was working for you there versus you working for your money, it's a, it's a much better an easier way uh, to to use your cash. So don't be don't be intimidated by uh, investing. It's not as it's not as difficult as you think. It's all actually about psychology and being patient with your investment. Okay, cool. So Sebastian, thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. No problem. Thanks okay, for having me. Bye. We're excited. You're excited. I really value and appreciate your support during this time. Helping decision makers navigate the change and keep some change in their pockets. Don't forget to subscribe, follow our Instagram handle at talkdigitalza. Engage us on our website at talkdigitalza.co.za. And who knows, you could be featuring on the next one.